you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Michael Fabiano, alongside the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield, busting out his Jacksonville Jaguars sweater this morning as it's a little chilly here in Southern California. How you doing, pal? Yeah, this is an oldie but a goodie here. Yeah. Got the old logo, got the teal. Um, Yeah. Uh, My favorite sweatshirts. I like that, man. And uh, behind behind the glass, uh, Nabil Hassan, who is going to be our producer now moving forward on Fridays. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing? I'm excited to uh, work with you guys. Yeah, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we have to start the show with some bad news. Last night, uh, Broncos, Chiefs, one team showed up, one didn't. And uh, the team that showed up lost their quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes, who goes down with what's being described as a dislocated kneecap. And when Mahomes went down and uh, he, he wasn't getting up, we could tell something was wrong. Fantasy Twitter just went ablaze I didn't with, know with I, speculation. I didn't know I followed so many doctors. I, I don't. And I got <laughs> a lot of medical prognostications yeah. from people who uh, maybe aren't how this, qualified. That's usually how this thing goes. Yeah. So uh, Mahomes goes down and we are going to bring in uh, Dr. David Chow here shortly to talk about uh, Mahomes' prognosis and, and maybe how long he's going to be out and some other things as well. But with Mahomes out, how does that affect the Chiefs' offense? I mean, some of these answers are obvious, but 
what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we saw it early in the game, uh, right when Mahomes left. Like Matt Moore cannot push the ball down the field like like Mahomes can, and I think it's obviously going to help. Uh, excuse me, hurt Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although he did get that that touchdown that saved a lot of people's bacon. Yeah, it definitely did. Uh, at the same time, though, I mean, this is still Andy Reid, and Andy Reid is one of the best offensive schemers of all time. I still think he'll be able to scheme the ball to Kelsey. And to hell, but obviously the ceiling on this offense just is uh, significantly, significantly downgraded. Um, and, and for what it's worth, I mean, Mahomes is going to miss multiple weeks here. We don't know how long mm-hmm. uh, he'll be out right now when we're recording. But yeah, it's it's a significant downgrade for everybody in this offense. And I also think it's a significant downgrade for for this running game, right? Like if they're not going to be in the red zone as much, not not as many goal line opportunities and. Uh, we have not figured out this backfield whatsoever. I don't We're going to talk about that. Yeah, I don't even think the Chiefs have figured out their backfield. So, yeah, it's it's uh, unfortunately the Chiefs have gone from basically one of the best fantasy offenses to now maybe one of the five or six worst. So w- with all the injuries to quarterbacks and we've got a lot of bye weeks, uh, bye McGinn's going to be coming here shortly. Is Matt Moore worth an add off the waiver wire? He is now at the helm of. Uh, an, an offense that's pretty explosive and has a lot of talent. My, my, I think by McGinn's here this week with all these good teams on a bye uh, this week. But no, I, I'm not going to be picking up Matt Moore in, in many leagues. Uh, mm. I think if you are losing Mahomes, your best bet is just to stream the best quarterback available off the wire every week uh, and, and join <laughs> join the waiver wire fodder, friends. Yeah. But and, and unfortunately, that's really your only option. If you're wondering, the next three games for Kansas City, Green Bay, Minnesota, at Tennessee, it's three pretty solid defenses. That is that is a difficult schedule. So not bad, but Matt three Moore, pretty solid ones. Matt Moore is maybe not someone that is going to be a viable option. Although with the waiver wire being what it is, and all of the quarterback injuries being what they are this season, Matt Moore is going to end up being in a lot of lineups. All right. So for more on Mahomes, the injury, and what we can expect, let's bring in Doctor David Chow. Doctor Chow, thank you for joining us on the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Big fan of you guys, you, Akbar, the whole group. Yeah, we appreciate that. And um, I'm here with Graham Barfield, and obviously Mahomes' injury was uh, w- was a major one from a fantasy perspective. We talked about how Twitter suddenly had all of these doctors prognosticating <laughs> what was going to happen. But you are a real doctor who has worked in professional football, thus your at ProFootballDoc handle on Twitter. So, how long can we expect Mahomes to be out? Well, I think in the best case scenario, you're talking of three, maybe four weeks, uh, that time frame, because of the swelling that happened. You have to understand, if you look closely at the video, literally his kneecap popped out of place, right? And so there has to be structures that are damaged or stretched when that happens, and thus um, the swelling that will happen. That's why there was no chance he could come back heroic enough that he walked off the field, et cetera. And there's no question he's tough, right? He's played through the high ankle basically this whole season from the, from week one. So that would be the best case scenario. And uh, But, you know, there's still the issue of surgery or potential surgery to discuss. Right. So if he were to have surgery, obviously, what are the long-term – he'd likely miss the rest of the season. But if he were to have surgery, what kind of – timeline will we be looking at for when he would be close to 100% full health if he does have ligament damage? If he had, well, let me be clear. We're going to learn a lot about MPFL over the next few hours and few days here. Medial patellofemoral ligament, the check ring on the kneecap to keep it from going out. There's no question that's at least stretched. So if the, the if referring to no damage as in no tear in two, maybe you can hope for that. To say no damage as in nothing is even stretched is very, very unlikely. So uh, if he does have surgery to repair or rebuild that ligament, that's a, typically a six to nine month timeline. So no question this season would be over. So if we go the more positive route and we talk about maybe three or four weeks that Mahomes would be out, when he comes back, will he be Patrick Mahomes? Or is he going to be at less than 100%, not able to make the same throws, not able to scramble out of the pocket as we've become accustomed to seeing him do? Well, you know, he had a pretty significant high ankle sprain week one, and they, and they went 4-0 and with him. So I might argue 85% Patrick Mahomes is still pretty yeah. darn good and better <laughs> than most of the league. Mm-hmm. Now, will he be 100% of Patrick Mahomes? When he comes back from his knee, I think he can be 
but I think you almost have to throttle him down. Look, Matthew Stafford played after three weeks in 2009 with a similar injury and then had surgery in the offseason and has had no problem since. But they're not the same guy, obviously. Yeah. They're different types of quarterbacks. Now, if Mahomes is primarily going to be in the pocket and be less dynamic, which would still make him a very, 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 if not great quarterback still, uh, yeah, I think that lessens his chance of re-injuring or further injury in terms of the uh, in terms of the knee and the kneecap. But if he's really dynamic and mobile and and freelancing and doing all the things that make him extra special, great, that puts that kneecap in a little more risk. So you can argue what's the more conservative thing to not have surgery, or is the more conservative thing when you think about long term to have surgery. This is the discussion that Patrick Mahomes and the team is going to be having, undoubtedly. Yeah, well, uh, fantasy owners out there are all hoping that we, we see Patrick Mahomes here in the near future. Uh, Dr. David Chow, great information as always. And for anyone who wants to check out his stuff, go to at ProFootballDoc on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right, so Mahomes was obviously the biggest story of last night's game. There was uh, several more topics that we need to talk about. And the first one is... The Chiefs' backfield is going to drive everyone in this industry mad, okay? From week to week, we are seeing different usage from different players. Last night, McCoy had 43% of the snaps, while Damian Williams was at 29, and then suddenly Daryl Williams was back in the mix at 27. It's a three-headed monster. None of this trio did anything, and it was a great matchup. Graham, what are we looking at now rest of season? I don't think you can start any of these guys in fantasy anytime soon. I mean, wouldn't you think Reed's going to lean on the run a little bit more with Matt Moore under center now, but we just don't know who. Right. You would think you would think that, but at the same time, uh, taking Patrick Mahomes off the field obviously is going to limit this offensive scoring opportunities. And for what it's worth, I mean, I thought LaShawn McCoy, you know, he still doesn't, he's not the same LaShawn McCoy, 25, 26 years old, but I thought yeah. McCoy has looked much better than I expected him to. I thought he's had great burst and fairly good agility for now, you know, he's 30 plus years old and has a, you know, well over a thousand, 2000 plus carries on his odometer. Damian Williams, man, uh, the dream is dead. Uh, that was know, definitely, definitely one of my worst calls of this season. Uh, nine carries for seven yards last night. His longest carry this season still is just seven yards. Uh, he has just been absolutely brutal on the ground this season. Look, the Chiefs offensive line, I think, has taken a step back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this whole backfield, I really, outside of maybe McCoy and the flex, you really can't start too many of these guys because, like you mentioned, Darrell Williams last night played 30% of the snaps after basically not playing very much at all or seeing very many touches at all in the previous couple of weeks. Yeah, another disappointment in this game was Philip Lindsay, who everyone in the industry was on because the matchup was just so good. He had played so well uh, from a fantasy perspective in recent weeks, but 11 carries, 36 yards. Royce Freeman was the better of the two backs. He led that backfield in snaps once again, and this just brings up another committee scenario where we probably still lean Lindsay from a fantasy standpoint, but at any given week, Royce Freeman could be the better of the two backs, and that makes it uh, very confusing and frustrating from a fantasy standpoint. Ab- absolutely. Phil Lindsay's snap rate actually last night was down at a season low 40%. I-, I think game script probably was a little bit to do with this. The Broncos mm-hmm. just got absolutely wrecked, and Joe yep. Flacco fabs. Joe Flacco. That, that, that's the, one of the best stories I mean, in this game. He is awful. They, I think when Drew Locke comes off IR, uh, which I think he's I think he's eligible to come off IR in week mm-hmm. eight or week nine. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but when he comes back, yeah. he has got to be the Broncos starter. They've got to see what they have because Flacco is just oh my goodness. You know his, that, his clock he just does not have an internal yeah. clock. No, nope. he does not have one. And, and he is nine he is, sacks uh, last night. He is a statue uh, in that in that backfield there. I would suggest that you are correct that they will go to the rookie when he is eligible to come back. I would also suggest that you sell high on Cortland Sutton right now because I don't know that I trust Drew Locke, and I get it. Joe Flacco is just, I mean, he looked terrible. He's still a veteran quarterback who always peppers Sutton with targets. Last night, eight targets, six catches, 87 yards, uh, almost 15 fantasy points. Pretty good, but I I fear... Sutton is going to see some sort of statistical demise if they do go to that rookie. So you may want to sell high on him. Emmanuel Sanders had uh, a, a decent game, five catches, 60 yards. You'll take it. Um, you probably started him as a flex. Noah Fanto, 
a lot of people, including myself, said he is a streamable asset. The Chiefs are giving up about eight catches a game at tight ends. I, I forgot to, I guess, uh, you know, recognize the fact that no fan <laughs> doesn't catch the ball as much as he should. Yeah. Gosh, darn it. That was awful. Yeah. A couple bad plays from Fant last night. He struggled with a few drop problems at Iowa coming. Yes, he did. Uh, You know, this kind of continues the same thing we've seen from Fant. Like he's playing a ton, but just not producing a bunch. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how rookies, rookie tight ends go, though, Fabs. I mean, usually that's how that's how it happens. They'll play a bunch. They just Mm -hmm. won't see a lot of targets. Fant got five last night and just didn't produce. All right. So uh, let's move on to our fantasy game previews here for uh, week seven. And uh, we'll start off. Dolphins at Bills. Uh, let's look at some of the injuries here. Uh, Xavier Howard limited in practice. He's expected to play. Uh, the big news there uh, for the Dolphins, of course, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick has taken over as a starter. Josh Rosen back to the bench. Uh, if we're looking at the Bills side of the ball, Devin Singletary, I have it on very good authority that he will be back this week. Uh, so he'll be splitting carries there in that backfield with Frank Gore. Back to Fitzpatrick. Are there any Dolphins that you would start in this game? Any? I don't think so. None. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think you can start any of these guys. Maybe if you're super desperate, Devontae Parker and, and uh, Preston Williams. But again, these Bills cornerbacks are very, very good. And right now, Fabs, I mean, I don't think you can remotely trust Kenyon Drake or Mark Walton in your fantasy lineups, especially in a game where I don't think the Dolphins will be in the red zone very often. Yeah, I've actually cut Kenyon Drake in a couple of leagues, um, uh, trying to get some some players that I could actually start during the bye week. So, And on the Buffalo side, Josh Allen's a great play. Miami's given up uh, 16 touchdowns, the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Frank Gore and Devin Singletary are both nice flex starters this week against Miami. Defense can't stop the run. John Brown is a tremendous wide receiver, too, flex starter this week. Cole Beasley against a defense that's really struggled against slot receivers. He's available in over 90% of NFL.com leagues. I mean, we can even go to Dawson Knox, can't we? Yeah, I I think they're going to get Tyler Croft back this week. He's coming back off an injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'll see if Knox and Croft split playing time this week. One final uh, maybe sleeper in this game is Duke Williams. Uh, the, The Bills traded Zay Jones away to the Raiders. Uh, last week because the Raiders just don't have any receivers. So mm-hmm. Duke Williams will probably be elevated to a significantly higher role this week. It's just, you know, how much are the Bills going to have to throw in this game? They might get ahead real quick and just yep. run run the clock out. Yeah, so uh, p- pretty easy one here, guys. Uh, not a lot of Dolphins, if any, to start Bills. Uh, giddy up. Let's move on. Jaguars at Bengals first. Let's look at some of the injuries here. Marquise Lee uh, continues to deal with that knee injury for the Jaguars. Uh, Calais Campbell's a little bit banged up. He should be fine for the Bengals. Uh, Drake or Patrick not practicing. That's potentially really good news for DJ Chark in, in this offense. Uh, Tyler Eifert's been practicing, although he doesn't really have a whole lot of fantasy value at this point. So let's start off with the Jaguars. The in, the entire industry was on Gardner Minshew last week and, uh, the magic mustache lost his mojo. Do we trust him this week? Yeah, this is the right spot, obviously. The Bengals are not only going to be without Drake Kirkpatrick this week, who's out with a knee injury. They're also going to be without William Jackson, who's going to miss a few weeks with a shoulder injury. So Mm -hmm. Jags are going to be playing against the Bengals without their two starting cornerbacks. And this is a Bengals team that is just getting absolutely wrecked through the air on the ground. This is uh, this is the spot, I think, for the Jags to finally get loose here. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, an obvious must start against this uh, this awful Bengals defense. Let's go back to the Cincinnati side of the ball. And and Joe Mixon, I mean, three and a half yards per carry. The Bengals are throwing at 71 percent of the time. Their offensive line is just awful. And I get it. There's four teams on a bye. But and the Jaguars haven't even really been that good against the run this season. So do we trust Joe Mixon? Jags run defense has really started to backslide over the last couple. It weeks. has. They gave up a huge game to Christian McCaffrey and they really struggled last week. That being said, you mentioned it. There's probably not very many running backs you have on your roster that you feel like you can start over Joe Mixon. Yep. But man, I mean, I went back and looked like Joe Mixon is just basically not playing on passing downs. And that's a huge problem because the Bengals just continue to trail a ton. And when they've been trailing, Gio Bernard has played 52 percent of Bengals snaps and Joe Mixon has played 47 percent. And on a team where we are expecting them to trail quite a bit moving Mm -hmm. forward, too, it's definitely not looking good for Mixon in in Long term and this week, I mean, if he's not going to be playing on those passing downs and getting those you know reps in the passing game and having those PPR boost, you know, those floor boosting receptions in the passing game, 
you really can't use him. Yep. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you're, you're going to continue to start him as a wide receiver, too. And Auden Tate uh, is a wide receiver three flex type in this game. Uh, Cincinnati throws the ball, again, 71% of the time. So the, uh, the wide receivers always have the potential to put up some pretty decent numbers. Moving on, Vikings at Lions. No real significant injuries uh, for the Vikings. Uh, Xavier Rhodes has been practicing in full. Uh, Riley Reefs a little bit banged up, limited uh, for the Lions. You're looking at Darius Slay, limited participation in practice, excuse me, uh, should be fine, though. Now, Kirk Cousins has looked like Kirk Cousins over the last couple of weeks. Do we trust him this week against Detroit? No. no. This, this Lions secondary is really sneakishly underrated, and you mentioned they, mm-hmm. they've got Darius Slay back. He came back last week, and, and it's obviously a, a huge boost to their secondary. But even yep. without Slay for a few weeks, this team has been really good. They've given up the third lowest completion rate to opposing quarterbacks, the 10th fewest fantasy points per pass attempt. And I think this is the spot where we see the Vikings kind of lean back on the run in Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison because the past two weeks, Fabs, we know the the, the matchups have been fantastic for, for Cousins in this passing game facing the Giants and Eagles. Yeah, so Darius Slay on Stephon Diggs, is he a fade this week? I, I think this is where we see Diggs go back to his 2019 norm, uh, especially if it's <laughs> especially if it's a, a run heavy game script. I, I, again, it's one of those things with four teams in a bye. You, you probably might not have some other receivers to play, mm-hmm. but I would consider benching uh, Diggs this week once again. Thielen has kind of been the more consistent option. Yeah, I'd stick of, with him of the of the few. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see too because Thielen obviously moves into the slot a bunch. It'll be interesting to see if Slay moves into the slot with him. We've mm-hmm. seen that in the past where, where Slay has the ability to go into the slot. Actually, I mean, both of these guys are. Uh, I mean, they're just lower floor options this year, and I think this is another lower floor matchup for the two. Yeah, uh, moving on to the Lions, Matthew Stafford would be a fade for me. I didn't like him last week. I don't like him this week. The Vikings giving up fewer than 15 fantasy points per game to quarterback. Stafford has finished as the QB 20 or worse in five of his nine career home games against Minnesota as well. Uh, Obviously, you're starting Kenny Galladay, who really looks now like a weekly starter. I mean, that's sort of been the case for most of the season. Carrion Johnson continues to carry the load in that Lions backfield ever since they cut C.J. Anderson, so he's a play. Anybody else in this Lions offensive attack that you would trust? Yeah, I don't think we'll see Xavier Rhodes travel with Kenny Galladay. I might get this wrong, but I'm not sure we'll see that. I think they might just play sides and and play um, whomever matches up against Waynes and Rhodes. Uh, But with that being said, yeah, Galladay is just a significantly better play than Marvin Jones at this point. He's getting significantly more targets, Mm -hmm. higher share of air yards, uh, just a more valuable role. I think Jones is a fine receiver three in this spot, especially if the lines get down which they might yep um but yeah it's you're really just starting on the line side you're really just starting kenny g and, and carry on in most of your teams yep moving on uh raiders at packers raiders coming off of a bye week uh darren waller popped up an injury report as limited i think he'll still play so keep tabs on his status tyrell williams continues to miss time looks like he could be out again which means Hunter Renfro. Oh, boy. I actually feel, I feel really bad for John Gruden here. I mean, they they are just so thin yep. at receiver. Like I mentioned at the top, they had to trade for Zay Jones. He'll play a bunch for them this week. Tyrell Williams, you mentioned, is miss, uh, he's going to miss this week with a foot injury. Yep. It sounded like John Gruden earlier this week. It sounds like the injury is not getting any better. He's dealing with a plantar fasciitis issue. And if anybody out there has ever dealt with plantar fasciitis, which I have, I've, I've hurt my Achilles in college and then had mm-hmm. a plantar fasciitis issue at the bottom of my foot. Not fun. That, yeah, it nags and it does not get uh, get better very quickly. So I, I don't expect Tyrell Williams to play. Uh, real quick, shout out to Darren Waller. Getting paid, man. I know. Good for him, good man. For him. Amazing story to get paid as well. He's having a fantastic season. And this is obviously a great spot for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be fine. Uh, the best play out of that Oakland roster, obviously, is going to be Josh Jacobs, uh, who, before the bye overseas in London, uh, made the Bears look like kitty cats, right? I mean, he just ran all over them, and th- this is this is a kid here who should be the centerpiece of the offense because the Raiders are going to want to keep the ball out of the hands of Aaron Rodgers in the offense. Uh, Packers also given up over five rushing yards per attempt and over 26 fantasy points per game in the backs. Other than that, not much to like. Now, the Packers, this is a mash unit right now, okay? Devontae Adams isn't practicing. Geronimo Allison hasn't practiced. Jimmy Graham hasn't practiced. Marquez Valdez-Scantling hasn't practiced. Uh, I mean, is... Alan Lazard a real thing? Yeah. Like I picked him up in a few leagues thinking if all these guys are out, man, 
Rodgers got to throw the ball to somebody, right? So they're going to be trotting out. You mentioned Alan Lazard and their <laughs> Alan Lazard and Jake Kumaro and their two receiver sets this week. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big storyline of this game. Obviously, the Raiders' cornerbacks in this 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 Raiders secondary is not the best. So if they're yeah. you know if they're going to be without their top three guys, this isn't the worst spot for it. I think we're going to see just a huge game plan centered around Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, the running game. They're going to be dumping the ball off in the backfield, um, and and I think Al Lazard is maybe a, a fine receiver three flex play if you're truly desperate. But again, it, you have to understand this is a very low floor option. Let me ask you a question though. Last week. Um, we all were pretty excited to start Aaron Jones. And then Jamal Williams came back. And Jamal Williams got the hot hand, played extremely well at Aaron Jones. Uh, Maybe it had something to do with the fact that he dropped that pass from Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Not that I'm pissed about that or anything. Is this going to end up being a committee every week now? Like, is Matt LaFleur going to make our lives hell? Oh, yeah, it is. It already is. Matt LaFleur loves Jamal Williams. And the Packers, for the last couple years, I think one of the things we've missed on in the fantasy industry is the Packers, in general, are much higher on Jamal Williams than pretty much everybody else out there is. In in their four games played together this season, Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have split snaps basically right down the middle. Jones has played 52% of the snaps, Williams at 49%. Uh, Jones has a few more touches, about 15, 16 more touches, but Jamal Williams is playing more in the passing games, ran a few more routes. Um, I, I, yeah, I why, mean, this why, is a full-on committee now. Why can't we have nice things? Aaron Jones is amazing, but they love Jamal Williams. Jeez Louise. All right. Um, yeah, that sours me. Uh, let's move on. Rams at Falcons. This should be the highest-scoring game of the week. At least we all hope so from a fantasy standpoint because there's a lot of points out there that can be had. Let's look at the Rams injuries. Todd Gurley has been limited in practice. It looks like he's trending in the right direction. Malcolm Brown has been missing practice with the ankle. So keep tabs on Gurley's status Friday, of course, to see what happens. We're we're taping here. It's uh, nearly 9 a.m. on the left coast. But if Gurley gets in another practice, you could assume that he's going to be the guy and get a lot of the touches. If Gurley has some sort of setback, Daryl Henderson, he should be owning all leagues right now already. But if he's not, keep tabs on Gurley. Henderson would probably be the guy. Uh, We're not sure what's going on with Jalen Ramsey at this point. Looks like he's trending towards playing, but that remains to be seen. Uh, On Atlanta's side of the ball, no massive injuries on the offensive side. Uh, So, we're looking at a full go from the likes of Devonta Freeman, Julio Jones. And, and honestly, there's not a lot to talk about in this no. game from a fantasy standpoint because you're starting everyone. Yeah, this, you're this, starting everyone. This game is going to absolutely smash. I really don't know how it won't just go completely nuts here. Uh, Vegas has this game ticketed at the at a 55 over under, and I think it might go well over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get Todd Gurley back this week, most likely, as you mentioned, probably yep. just a one-week absence. And yeah, start all the guys in this spot. Start all your Rams receivers. Uh, Robert Woods, I think, is just an amazing buy low heading yeah. into this week. I mean, he's 12th among all receivers and targets, 15th in expected fantasy points, but he's basically been just a low-end receiver three in fantasy, and now he's got the Falcons and Bengals over the next two weeks, and he should get right in these spots here. Yeah, and I get it. Jared Goff sucked last week. He has sucked most weeks. I mean, let's be honest. One of his best games, he had to throw the ball 68 times to score 20 fantasy points, and he's still turned the ball over a ton. That's the Jameis Winston special right there. Yeah, I know. Atlanta has a lot of top 10 fantasy quarterback in three straight weeks, including a pair of top five finishes. So if Goff can't do it this week cut his ass uh, because he ain't going to do it uh, for the rest of the season. Texans at Colts. This could also be a potentially high scoring game, uh, both on the field and from a fantasy perspective. If we look at the injury report right now, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been on the report, but he's putting in full participation. So is William Fuller. So those two should be a go on the Colts side. Uh, Eric Ebron's been a little bit banged up and he is someone that, I mean, desperate fantasy owners might be looking to start. I wouldn't touch him uh, with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. You know, it's it's getting close to Christmas. Um, anyways, the Texans, are, are we starting everyone except for maybe Duke Johnson? Yeah, I actually think I, th- I think the Colts are an amazing spot here. I think the Colts might actually come out and win this game. But I, both of these teams, pretty much everyone that you know you want in your fantasy lineup, right? You're, just, you're starting Deshaun Watson without a doubt. Yep. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a fine streamer on the opposite side. Yep, agreed. Um, and, and I think real quick, it's interesting to talk about these Texans tight ends. Uh, Darren Fells and Jordan Aikens have both been involved in yeah. their team's passing attacks because Kenny Stills has been out with a hamstring injury. And now this week, I, I'm not sure if the, the Texans are going to get Stills back 
this week. Um, he's practicing. He was practicing in full early, earlier this week, uh, but last week he got in some limited practices and still did not play. So if Darren Fells, or excuse me, if Kenny Stills does come back this week, the mm-hmm. Texans are going to re-increase their 11 personnel three receiver usage, which will decrease their two tight end usage and make Darren Fells and Jordan Akins basically even more of just total dart throw. So yeah. I know there's some people out there that are trying to maybe discern which Texans tight end to start this week. And, and really, I don't have a good opinion on both. And if, if you it, basically just try and find a better option. Yeah, I, I don't think either of these I guys probably side with Fells, but I mean, it, it's a dart throw. Uh, you know, I mentioned Duke Johnson had a season high 13 uh, 0.4 fantasy points last week. But can we uh, get Duke Johnson some more touches, please? Uh, yeah, Carlos Hyde's been great. I was definitely get, wrong about Hyde this yeah. year, but he's not getting enough touches. Uh, the Colts are giving up 41 receiving yards a game to running backs, which is not a whole heck of a lot. They've given up the eighth fewest fantasy points to runners. So, I mean, even Hyde's a flex starter, not uh, necessarily a Dude, very attractive one as well. So Hyde has 16 or more touches in, in four of his last five games. He's They're got, rolling them out, bro. Got, yeah. I mean, he's got 20 carries and uh, 20 or more carries in three of his last yeah, five as well. They, our industry buried him yeah uh, he has come back he is he has been resurrected all right 49ers at redskins Th- this back in the day like in the 80s this would have been a hell of a matchup a hell of a matchup now eh, not so much uh on the injury front um uh, raheem mostert's a bit banged up so uh he could end up being inactive this week for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Washington, you know, Vernon Davis uh, putting in a limited practice. I don't know that he's going to end up being uh, in the lineup this week. Uh, Th- Chris Thompson's banged up as well, which seems to be. Yeah, I don't think I don't some think, point. I don't think Chris Thompson's playing this week. He's ev- out with the turf every single season. So in terms of the Redskins, so the only real. I mean, I get it. Like, we all liked Adrian Peterson last week, and he put up a nice line. But you're not playing him against the Niners. You're not playing Chris Thompson, even if he's active, uh, you know, against this team. Terry McLaurin's probably the only fantasy-relevant player in Washington right now. And when you look at the numbers, this matchup is brutal. I mean, if we learned anything from last week's game, uh, Niners-Rams, is that the Niners' defense is they're, they're a bunch of bad mamma jammers, okay? This is a defense that is for real. And when you look at the numbers, uh, Terry McLaurin, and I get it, I mean, he's sixth among wide receivers in fantasy points per game, but the Niners are giving up fewer than six catches a game. They've given up the eighth fewest fantasy points to receivers who line out wide. That's where McLaurin makes uh, most of his hay. You, you probably have to play him, Graham, but I think you should temper expectations. Definitely. I mean, this 49ers defense by now, everybody knows they're legit. But McLaurin just, man, he's so good. He, he's he's that good. I mean, he's this fast. Um, and I, I, I just watching McLaurin and watching most of his snaps this season, he's such a crisp route runner already. He's yep. become one of the best route runners in the NFL mm-hmm. already. And looking at some of the, the efficiency metrics that he's put up this year has been incredible. So... And fantasy points scored per route run, uh, the, sc- the top leaders this year are T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, D.J. Chark, and then Terry McLaurin. Yeah. He's been, he's been incredible. One of the better waiver wire ads in fantasy football. Uh, over to the San Francisco side, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean... Good streamer this week. He, he's a good streamer against the Redskins, who have, uh, have given up fantasy points hand over fist to quarterbacks. And that backfield situation, Tevin Coleman's clearly... I mean, you can't say the lead back, but he's definitely one... And then Breed is 1A. You look at the numbers. Coleman has uh, has led that backfield since he's been back in snaps, in touches, and fantasy points. He's also getting utilized more in the red zone. He is a fantastic RB2 this week. And I would play Breida as a flex. In fact, I'm in one league where I'm playing both. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You can play Breida and Coleman in the same fantasy lineup. You can start them both this week. And I think the big thing usage-wise that I've seen from this 49ers backfield so far in the two games that Coleman has played the 49ers have uh, ran 13 snaps inside of the 10-yard line, and Coleman has been on the field for 12 of them. Mm. He is their goal line back yep. now. Yep. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but Matt, you know, Matt Breed is getting them into those, you know, goal line situations quite often because he's been amazing this year. But yeah. uh, Shanahan has not played him at all near the goal line uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, it is a committee situation, but, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's offenses have just been so good for fantasy running backs over the years. And this is another scenario where that comes to fruition. 49ers D putting up a 25 spot, right? Uh, dude, 
Very good start. <laughs> Very good I just start. Wish that, I wish this game were at home for them. Uh, they obviously have to travel on the road for an early start, but this yeah. is an amazing spot for them. Yep. Yeah, th- that's, that's, that's a great call. Uh, Cardinals at Giants, which could end up being a pretty significant game for fantasy owners. Uh, looking at the injury report, Christian Kirk is the one guy that we're still waiting yep. on. Um, you know, if he, can, if he can come back. He's a very good play in this contest. Uh, David Johnson's been limited. He's going to be fine this week. Giants, big news. Saquon Barkley, full participation. He's going to be back. Evan Ingram. Thank you, God. Full participation in practice, and he has put himself back into his starting lineup in my celebrity league, so I have full confidence that he's going to be there. Sterling Shepard, we're we're still not sure about that. I I don't know that he's going to be back for week seven, which means good things for Golden Tate. Right. Sterling Shepard's still in concussion protocol. There's a beat reporter out this morning. I'm sorry, I don't remember uh, their name, but it basically they were basically saying Shepard might miss a few more weeks. This is his second concussion this year, and he's had another known documented concussion. But so great that we're getting Evan Ingram back. How cruel yeah. that have been that Evan Ingram has been this good, and then he doesn't get to play against the, the Cardinals. Uh, I'm sorry, the Cardinals, yes. Yeah. And uh, what about what about Danny Dimes? Yeah, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Jones is a great play this week. Mm-hmm. The, the Cardinals are going to get Patrick Peterson back off of suspension, yep. uh, which is huge for them. But last year, we saw the Cardinals just get absolutely flamed. Yeah, Even though Patrick Peterson was out there, these teams can stay away from Patrick Peterson. Uh, the good news is the Cardinals will be able to shut down one side of the field, but uh, their slot coverage, tight end coverage, and then obviously the their boundary coverage opposite Peterson is still going to be very susceptible. This is an amazing spot, and like you mentioned, you basically want to start everybody in this game. Yeah, on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray has become a virtual must-start, 25-plus fantasy points in two straight weeks. Giants given up over 20 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They've also given up three rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks. Yes. So he is in a position, as Graham would say, to smash. Larry Fitzgerald's numbers haven't been great over the last two or three weeks. I'm still going to play him. David Johnson clearly uh, is a must-start. Anybody else in that Cardinals pass attack that you trust? Nope. No? Okay, moving on. Uh, let's go to Chargers and Titans. What the hell happened to the Chargers last week? I'm still trying to figure that out. I, I'm, I'm not sure who was wearing those uniforms, and they're just glorious uniforms, by the way. But I don't know what team showed up. I'm that sorry. Was awful. Have, have you not been watching the Chargers for the past couple I know, years? but I mean, like, they're playing a third-string quarterback, right? I mean, they, no. Their I, defense was I know. awful. I was all over that defense last week. Stream them, stream them. Yeah. Egg on face right here. Well, both both. I think the Chargers are actually a fine uh, defensive play on this side of the ball this week. You mean you don't love Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is going to get the start this week for the Titans. Uh, Marcus Mariota is going to ride the bench. And I think this is a move the Titans sort of had to make, right? Like Marcus Mariota, uh, there was a stat out there, or uh, I think they, they mentioned it a few times on the broadcast during the game last week that Mariota had not thrown an interception this year. Well, you don't throw interceptions when you take a, way too many sacks. Yeah. When you're not taking risks, when you're not pushing the ball downfield, of course you're not going to throw interceptions. And yep. I, I think maybe at least Ryan Tannehill gives these great receivers, and I say great because I think Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tannehill gives them a chance, but this week you can't really start Davis or Brown with any confidence. Yep. Yeah, um, I, even Delaney Walker. I mean, you look at the numbers. Walker oh, has yeah. disappeared. His target He's share, barely playing. His target share has dropped significantly uh, compared to the first three weeks. I mean, I think it's dropped almost eight points. Uh, and the Chargers are giving up fewer than four catches a game at tight end. So, really, you're starting Derrick Henry. Right. Delaney is And bare- that's it. And, yeah. and Delaney's also uh, been limited in practice a bit this week, but he should play. But he's just, even though the tight end position is just so, uh, in New England, we'd call it wicked thin. I just can't trust him at this point. Right. Uh, looking at the Chargers, I mean, that backfield, I, like, I I didn't believe that this would be true after having Gordon in for two weeks, but I trust Eckler more than I trust Gordon right now. That makes sense. I think I think they'll get going here fairly soon. You've got to look back and think about what's transpired over the past couple of weeks, right? Is like they basically just laid an egg in week five against the Broncos, whatever. That was Gordon's first game back. But then here in week, you know, past week, that, I mean, they, they, got, they got down super fast and basically yep. had to climb back from a hole. And when they climb back from a hole, I think these two guys are going to be splitting time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Gordon played 60% of the snaps last week, kind of took over a little bit more of the snap share. But I agree. I, I don't necessarily think either of these guys are more than flex plays this week, mm-hmm. um, especially against the Titans front seven that is 
every single year this front seven is underrated and and now this is another spot where the Chargers have to go on the road in a tough road spot yep um yeah outside of Keenan Allen Hunter Henry I really don't think there's many Chargers you can start Even this week Keenan Allen yeah boy last few games he, he has not produced uh good thing for Eckler Tennessee is giving up nearly seven catches a game the running backs and uh that's where Heckler uh Heckler Heckler Eckler is going to make his hey, uh, Philip Rivers. Hell, at this point, you could put him on the waiver wire. He's been that bad. Uh, I've been riding the sit Philip Rivers train for the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to do it again. Tennessee is giving up fewer than 240 passing yards and just 1.3 touchdown passes per game to enemy signal callers. So uh, Rivers is a fade for me. Moving on, big time game here: Saints at Bears. Um, maybe more in terms of reality than in fantasy. Absolutely. But the big news is that Alvin Kamara has not been practicing, was not able to practice on Thursday. Uh, I talked to Catherine Terrell yesterday who covers the Saints, and she told me that she believes that Kamara is probably less than 50-50 to mm-hmm. play in this game. Right. Uh, and remember, the Saints added Zach Zenner uh, off of the scrap heap, so you don't make a move like that having faith that Kamara is going to be active in this game. So um, if I was a fantasy owner who has Kamara and I have him in, I think, three leagues, it's hard to keep count when you have so many leagues. I am certainly going to be having some sort of backup plan in place. Uh, Latavius Murray is not available in competitive leagues. Right. If you're in a if you're in a home league, he might be out there. But uh, Jared Cook has also been missing practice as well. So keep tabs on his status for Chicago. It looks like Mitchell Trubisky is going to be back which to me is good news for the Saints defense, which I will be streaming. Yeah. Because Trubisky likes to throw the ball to the wrong team. So definitely looks like Trubisky is going to be back. And I think I'm with you. I don't think Kamara is going to play. Unfortunately, this is a 425 Eastern game. Yes. So if you are relying on Kamara, maybe we'll get a Sunday morning report. But I think outside of some sort of surprise today on Friday, I I would be very surprised to see Kamara play. But the one thing sounded like last week not only did he does he has he been dealing with this high ankle sprain mm-hmm. uh, i think sean payton said he may have banged up his knee a little bit last week too so i think the saints would just be wise to maybe give him a week off yep. and their buy is coming up here soon too they, they have a buy in week nine mm-hmm. so if he misses week eight we might be look or excuse me misses this week we might be looking at a situation where he might miss week eight as well to give him an extended rest going to the buy especially yep. with drew Brees looking maybe likely to return after the bye too. Yep. Yeah. And also keep in mind too, that, um, you know, Camara is a guy who has, he hasn't really produced a, like a top three pick uh, right. over the last few weeks. So it might be better to, to rest him both for the saints and for fantasy owners. Uh, what you want to do with Camara though, is put him in your flex spot uh, because that'll allow you more options. Let's, let's to potentially replace him. If he is inactive at, uh, at the four Eastern, let's talk about David Montgomery and Allen Robinson in this spot, because I think yeah. these are two really difficult plays. Yes. This week. Yes. Uh, Montgomery has been seeing significantly more volume in this bears attack. And now they're, you know, they're coming off the bye. They'll get Mitchell Trubisky back. They're at home. You would think this would be a great spot for David Montgomery, right? No, I don't actually. (laughs) No, I look at the numbers, man. I mean, the saints are giving up 78 rushing yards a game to running backs. They're giving up fewer than 19 points per game. Montgomery has given you one decent game. I mean, like he's given you between 10 and 12 points. And I mean that the game in, in London against the Raiders, um, he would have had a stinker had Derek Carr not sort of thrown the ball like through Josh Jacobs on that pitch. Yeah. And then the Bears got the ball back and it was deep in Chicago's territory and, and Montgomery got the touchdown. I don't have tr- I don't have faith in him. I just don't. I, That's fair. I don't have faith in David Montgomery. He's probably going to be a flex starter this week. The Saints defense is playing really well, they're, really, really well. Their, their, their secondary has really turned a corner over the last couple of weeks. That's something we've seen from the Saints in now the last couple of years where they'll be very inconsistent, very unpredictable week to week. But this this is is a talented uh, secondary that can turn it on. They have Marshawn Lattimore has really turned it on after kind of a shaky start to his season. Yeah. And let's also keep in mind too. I mean, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, Zeke Elliott, I mean, he, he had 16 points, but he had that touchdown, right? He rushed for 35 yards against that defense. Yeah. 35 yards. This is Zeke Elliott. Okay. David Montgomery. I, I just don't see it. Allen Robinson. I, now I get, you probably have to play him. He, he's a top 20 wide receiver. But Marshawn Lattimore has been putting the clamps on wide receivers over the last three weeks. He did it to Amari Cooper. Mike Evans had the same number of catches that week as you and I, Graham. And then last week, DJ Chark didn't do much. Over the last three games, the opposing number one wide receiver has had a combined 17.1 fantasy points. 
And I get it. Again, you probably have to play Robinson. Maybe you temper expectations. And other than that, I mean, is there anybody in Chicago? You're starting their defense, although their defense hasn't been all that great. You're still probably going to play them in a home game yeah, against the Saints. I don't think you can either. And I think Lattimore versus A-Rob will be one of the best. One Should on be one, fun. One of, one of the best one-on-one matchups we'll see this week. Lattimore is... A-Rob, we know how A-Rob wins. He does not win through separation. He wins through bullying at contested catch yep. situations. Yep. And Marshawn Lattimore is amazing against those receivers. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. All right, moving on. Ravens Seahawks battle of the birds in the great Northwest. Uh, looking at the injury report, Marquise Brown still waiting to see what happens with him. Uh, he missed last week's game. He's a bit banged up. Mark Ingram has been on the injury report, but he's going to be fine. Uh, no questions there on the Seattle side of the ball. You know, I still want to pour one out for poor Will Disley because <laughs> I feel bad. Right. He was so good, man. And like, just, I mean, seems like an amazing dude too. Yeah. Just, uh, it's disappointing, especially with the state of the tight end position. But are you, which Ravens are you playing this week? I mean, the list can't be much longer than Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Yeah, it's not. Unfortunately, it does not look like Marquise Hollywood Brown is going to be playing in this game. Has not practiced all week. I'd be very surprised if he plays. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Mark is, Andrews. is an obvious start. Mark Andrews is finally off the Ravens injury report. Yep. And and really almost was so close to having a fantastic game last week. Went mm-hmm. eight for 99. Yep. Um, had the bad fumble, obviously. But um, yeah, it's it's Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews here. Maybe Willie Sneed if you want to get funky yeah. with it. But, and yeah. Ingram, obviously. So three guys yeah. from the Ravens that you're going to sure. play the defense. You want nothing to do with, uh, even with the addition of Marcus Peters. Now, Seattle, Russell Wilson's playing the best football of his career. Uh, and, and this he guy, I mean, this guy went went behind guys like Baker Mayfield in fantasy drafts, and he he's ended up being one of the better steals at the quarterback position. Um, so he's an obvious must start. I think Chris Carson is going to have a huge game. Oh yeah, this week a huge game against oh, yeah. Baltimore. Tyler Lockett's a must start, uh, and obviously. Uh, after that, I mean, y- you're probably not going to chase the points with Brown after what he did last week. So that's that's probably the extent of it. I think DK Metcalf is worth maybe a play. You like him in deeper leagues, okay. yeah. Especially if Will, uh, especially without Will Disley, it'll be interesting to see if the Seahawks try to get him involved in the red zone more. Mm-hmm. The, the Seahawks have basically used Metcalf in the same role that Ole Miss used him. I mean, they're just playing him on one side of the field. He's basically just running vertical routes either up and down the field in curls and in uh, horizontal crossers. They're not really asking him to do very much in terms of his routes. Um, but when they are targeting him, they are extremely effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quick injury note for the Seahawks side. Rashad Penny missed last week with a hamstring injury. He mm-hmm. just can't get this thing right. And yeah. it's, it's helping Chris Carson because he's not coming off the field. No, yeah, he has been tremendous, and, and he's the guy that was moving up our rank list back in the preseason. So if you got, it, I remember when people were freaking out in that. I remember when people were freaking out about Chris Carson yeah, in like week three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, not freaking out anymore, are you? No. Uh, moving on, last game here uh, for us. We'll be previewing the Monday night game on Monday. Uh, Eagles at Cowboys. <laughs> You're killing me, dude. I mean, I was. Well, this is another tough one for him here. I know. I know. We just, oh, it's been awful. Anyway, so uh, Eagle side of the ball, Deshaun Jackson. We were waiting for him to come back. I don't think he's going to play this week either. From a fantasy perspective, I'm disappointed. From a real football perspective, as a Cowboys fan, wait another week, Deshaun. We're good with that. Uh, Ronald Darby's uh, been limited in practice. <laughs> that defensive backfield is just Swiss yep. cheese. So uh, we're going to talk about that on the Cowboys side. Uh, Lots of injuries here. Zach Martin's been banged up. Uh, Travis Frederick practicing in full. Uh, Lyle Collins has been limited in practice. Amari Cooper did not participate on Thursday. Uh, R. Jane Slater is saying that he is projected to be back at practice on Friday, so keep tabs on his status. Michael Mm. Gallup has been limited. He should be fine as well. Tyron Smith, I mean, geez, the whole offensive line. It's just, anyways. Uh, I'm trying to be unbiased here. So uh, sticking with the Eagles, I'm starting Carson Wentz. I'm starting Zach Ertz. Eagles backfield, what do we think? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Cowboys have given up five touchdowns yeah. to running backs in the I, last two games, including four to Aaron Jones, yeah. who's now in a committee. I was going to say, I think Jordan Howard is a sneaky start. This I week. like him this yeah, week. I think I he's do. a sneaky start. And Miles Sanders has been playing exceptionally in the passing game. He's been very good, um, it, it, both as a pass blocker and as a receiver. Yep. Really, for the Eagles side of the ball, it's pretty straightforward. I think Wentz and Ertz are pretty much must starts. Alshon Jeffrey's been very consistent this year. Let's quickly talk about the Cowboys, though. Uh, yeah. It looks like Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins might come back this week, which is huge for them. Uh, We've seen Dak Prescott really struggle without Tyron Smith, not only this year, but in years past. Um, Getting both of those guys, getting both of their stud tackles back would be huge for this game, especially against an Eagles front seven that is obviously very tenacious. Yep. Uh, 
We just have to hope and pray Amari Cooper comes back because we've seen this. I mean, the Cowboys, I love Michael Gallup. I know you love Michael Gallup. Gallup is an amazing talent. I think he's Mm -hmm. he's really trending towards becoming an exceptional receiver in the NFL. But he desperately needs Amari Cooper on the opposite side of the ball. And so does Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. I, I would be very concerned for Dak in fantasy this week if Cooper does not play. The Eagles are so bad. Though. They are, man. They are. But so bad. Like, I feel like even if Amari doesn't play, I mean, obviously that stinks. Right. I but still think Dak could be a top 12 quarterback this week. He can be because of the rushing ability. But, right. I mean, these guys like, I mean, Randall Cobb is still out. I mean, Tavon Austin is the number two receiver. I mean, I just, yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely concerns me. But it, the, the bigger, the bigger. It's not ideal. Yeah, the bigger injury I think this week is getting Tyron Smith and, and Lyle Collins back because Dak has been under pressure and I think it's really it's really knocked the Cowboys off their script the past few weeks yeah Eagles particularly bad against quarterbacks on the road giving up 23 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks uh, outside of Philadelphia so keep tabs on Amari Cooper Michael Gallup is a tremendous start this week uh, no question about that I mean heck he, if Cooper doesn't go Jason Witten might see some this is where we're at Jason Witten's a top 10 tight end. This is where we're at. Jason I think I Witten, earlier this week. It's absurd. Who, who, I mean, between him and Joe Flacco in a race, yeah. we might be here for like a week before <laughs> one of them finishes uh, and crosses the finish line. But, I mean, Jason Witten, I'm playing him in a league because I'm that freaking desperate yeah. for a tight end. So, um, But I, I think Dak is, is a good play. Uh, better, obviously, with Amari Cooper. All right, guys. That's it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, I'm hoping... My Yankees can uh, pull out a win tonight. I don't feel good about it. And the Cowboys uh, playing the Eagles this week. I, I Hopefully my fantasy games go well. Because well, other than that, things, uh, things might, not, uh, might not go too well. For, I'm going to see Joker, though, on Saturday night. So I'm, like, way behind everyone else. So I'll be going to see that. You'll enjoy it. Should be fun. Everyone's telling me that it's good. But uh, thank you for joining us for Graham Barfield here uh, and our pal Nabil Hassan behind the glass. Uh, Thank you for listening, and be sure to check us out on Monday. Good luck in all your fantasy football matchups in Week 7. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.